0: hello <laughs> how are you doing how is it going how's your week
1: this So just out
0: you want me to edit and the stupid crap is just not making any sense and mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i remember living this you know episode one we are 405 Woo-hoo! 405 downloads go yeah us. I was t- like, I was telling Sabrina, we hit over 400 downloads, so that's exciting. We've lost a follower, though. I don't know who unfollowed us, but you better refollow it. No, I'm just kidding. You can do what you want. And grown ass adult. <laughs> it sucks, it sucks <laughs> being a grown ass adult, but someone's got
1: to do it. Someone speaking has to of play. adultish, adulting. Oh, I didn't have it in here with me. Uh, so I have officially hit adult status. Oh. We went to uh, the grocery store Saturday, and um, I bought a 2022 Farmer's Almanac. I am officially adulting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so tickled. Why do you need a Farmer's Almanac?
1: Okay. I don't know. I just, you know, I had never actually, I guess I just never paid attention to what all was actually in the Farmer's Almanac. But it felt very witchy to me. And I was like, it's a sign. <laughs> the witches are with me. I was supposed to get this. Yes. Maybe the green witches. It's all about the moon phases and don't plant in the middle of Leo because Leo is just raw. But, you know, watch out for the Pisces because they can. It's so in depth. So in depth. Like, I if you're think... going to plant your seeds, do it in the waxing moon of the. The water signs and I mean just it was it was pretty awesome but then in the back it actually like breaks it down in English for you because I was like I have no idea what the fuck this is but this is great <laughs> it, but in the back it actually has like okay the month of January this is what you can do February here's what to look out for blah 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 oh, yeah. there's
0: a bug flying in front of my face, face? Oh. so but I yeah did, I never realized like Zodiac constellation things were tied into when you can plant your fucking corn
1: yep yeah. that's but interesting it is a thing that I did not know and now that I am educated I am not going to piss off the gods Okay, you know, my um, corn will be planted in May when it's supposed to when Capricorn is way out of the way uh-huh. and Leo is about to roar up you know
0: yes of course I oh, forgot what I was be- going to say the moon and the stars off okay I'm just not gonna piss them off I just want to say I'm impressed that you read the fucking book yeah yeah must I mean, have been intriguing I can read
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I mean I was I was read. full-blown adulting I picked the book up and Eric was like why are you getting that and I just <laughs> <smiled> <laughs> it Bucky, and I was like here we go and then I got out to the car and I'm like cracking up and he's like, "What is what is so funny?" I was like, "I'm officially an adult now," and he was like, "Oh my god, you're crazy!" I was like, "Yeah, but you married me, so yeah." I was so tickled. Who,
0: Who knew, people? Karma's on the neck. If you haven't bought one, you're not a real adult. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you have not of the <laughs> of adulthood. <laughs> and this whole time, I thought I was adulty, but I'm not. Uh. Yeah. So, That's how was good. your week? Uh, not too bad. I was in a training. Um, wasn't, that wasn't too bad. Uh, the two star should have been a one star Navy lodge was enough. Like I was actually concerned about bed bugs. Oh, uh, the paint was peeling off the walls. So if like if an alarm would have gone off, like, you know, the siren alarm and the paint started like peeling upwards off the wall, then I would have had a problem. yeah yeah it sounds pretty dicey yeah and then i could hear my neighbors on either side of me so that was exciting oh yeah but other than cool. that tra- training was good Good. Um, okay. caught John up on said. on homework caught up on homework <sighs> for the most part what i oh, no. look at you being all proactive proactive not adulty i don't have an almanac um no, no. what else you're just out oh. there yet
1: it's okay <laughs> I'll, I'll, you want me to send you one? No. <laughs> but you gotta make sure it's for next year because this year's already almost over. Yeah, so. my
0: husband would be like, "What the fuck is your friend sending you? We're like, oh, <laughs> this is the pinnacle of adulthood."
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs>
0: According to Sabrina,
1: I mean, if you want gross maters
0: in your apartment, the farmers' almanac will tell you when and how to do it. Well, we're currently growing basil, rosemary, this tiny fucking micro pepper. Like, I don't know what we did wrong, but it's, it's, you didn't it's have stuck in, like, this that. tiny um. Om- Just that. tried to wink it. You done pissed off the stars in the moon. <laughs> <laughs> we have thyme, we have sage, and we have parsley. Those are all growing fine. But that pepper. This little bitty baby pepper. It's tiny, like... <laughs> It hasn't gone past that, and it's been like that for months now. like, all right.
1: Did you get dwarf peppers or something?
0: Well, they were, uh, what were they? I think they're called Doe Hill Peppers, and they're not supposed to be very big. They're just like little, I don't know. You know, a little smaller than Clementine's, I guess. Okay. Yeah, but this one is like a quarter of that size.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean... It's what you get for pissing off the stars and the moon I'm just I saying. I
0: so. Probably planted it during Capricorn or something Who
1: Yeah. Nah. You gotta be careful man. Some of these signs don't like it when you plant in their a- area. Ev- evidently have not make.
0: Yeah. You have to be patient Yes Uh What else? Uh Yeah no, not a whole lot. Dodgy hotels small peppers. I mean mm. man. No almanac no almanac. <laughs> Homework's caught up. God, wild week. Look at us go. Let's see what else. Uh, one of my friends got a new car because her other one <gasps> died. Uh, one of my other friends had her baby. Yay! Adorable as fuck. Yes. Like, if you want to like put a, a little stamp on adorable and perfect, like that is that good for her? Not my, not my scene. And then um. <laughs> Uh, My friend Stephanie, the one that we did the interview with, her daughter Mm -hmm. had her wedding yesterday. Yay, congratulations. Yeah, she looked very, very beautiful, very elegant. Yay. So that was, that was good. Uh, Yeah, other than that, nothing. Oh, I have to know, how is the Halloween house coming along?
1: Slowly but surely, we are getting Mm -hmm. there. I ran out of mats, so that's what I'm currently working on, is farming all the mats to finish it up.
0: Did you manage to get, like, a skelly horse or skelly animal in your cemetery or wherever you're going to put it
1: i got a ghost dog that runs around because i they added a thing where you can have your uh npcs actually move so you can put little nodes on the floor so i've got my smuggler like sneaking behind the pillars and running yeah. across the floor, it's really cool. And then I've got a ghost dog in my cemetery, and I think I have the ghost rat in another room. Moving around.
0: That's pretty good. So Oh, mm-hmm. that's exciting. She's got like this little skelly mobile. It's so good. Like that's probably my favorite prop so far.
1: I'll take a picture of it and I'll post it on our band. Yeah. After this, that'd be cool. That'd be good. Yeah.
0: Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? What else? Anything else exciting? Did you ever get your pile of stuff burnt? Uh well. <laughs> funny story.
1: So, as I'm being victorious in my newfound adulthood, uh, I decide I'm gonna take on this stupid fucking pile that just does not want
0: to burn.
1: So, it did not burn? Well, the leaves did. And then, and I smell really smoky. Like, I smell like I've been at a bonfire all weekend. So, um, I mean, there's that, and We got a bunch of leaves burned, a couple logs that are crisp, but the fire is now officially out.
0: Mm. But it's not raining, though, yet? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, everything's dry. And then only, like, one side wanted to burn, the other side didn't want to burn, and I'm like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. I'm done. (laughs) Done.
0: Maybe if you just get out there and, like, rake it around or something.
1: I did that. I raked it around. I tried to re it. I didn't burn myself this time though
0: that's good but you managed to cut your hand i see how did you do that oh that yeah. okay so that was um leo
1: we were trying to cut his claws because they oh. are clearly yes. sharp uh and that was just battle wounds from trying to clip claws on a 100 pound dog yeah hmm yeah
0: fun Okay, well, that wasn't the wood pile, so that's a. It wasn't
1: the wood pile. This <laughs>
0: time the dog got me, not the wood pile.
1: I learned my lesson last weekend from the wood pile. It was like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm ready. I'm all hooded now and everything.
0: Yeah, I got an almanac. <laughs> almanac did not tell me how to start that damn fire, <laughs> but it did tell me how to plant some mean potatoes. Oh. Jesus, I'm trying to think what else. I had some other things I want to talk about, but. It's gone.
1: We had our professional hugging last night. LSU won the professional hugging yesterday. Mm-hmm. Professional hugging. Or uh, no, LSU did not win professional hugging. LSU football, oh, yes, you okay. know. Okay. okay. Yeah. Anyways, college football. LSU won, and actually, Arkansas beat a And M. Who would have thought? Oh man, little oinkers came up and actually beat a And M. I'm, I'm I'm I hate to say this, but I'm a little impressed. <laughs>
0: Um, professional hugging was good. Yeah. Any weird, like, broken flailing arms no,
1: or anything? No, that's kind of
0: sad. I mean, it, it's
1: really good for all the fighters. Like, the, no, none of that happened. But... Yeah. Uh, The final fight, Uh, the champion that was defending his belt actually got out of two chokeholds that we were pretty sure were going to be game change like, in the fight. And he managed to get out of them. And I was like, I was impressed. That is impressive. Absolutely impressed like he, his face was turning
0: purple chokehold and he still the guy out. got out of it wow i was like damn he was not going down in a chokehold he was not going <laughs> no. down so <laughs> that, was, uh,
1: that was pretty incredible though pretty incredible um well, we'll, we'll we got this. yeah it'll be fine um
0: yeah. oh uh it was also mike's birthday this weekend
1: oh happy birthday mike Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you.
0: <laughs> Happy birthday Mike. Happy birthday to you. I'm leaving that in. Anyways, Um, <laughs> uh, for his birthday, he got a lot of fun little gifts and he has a new red healer puppy. Oh, oh that's so exciting. And my parents named her Ginger, and oh, she looks like whoa. a little bear. Like her face. <gasps> and she looks so unamused every time she gets picked up. Oh, oh. It's so cute. You'll have to ask mom or call mom and chatter to see. Yeah. But she's cute. Yeah. Oh. And of course, the cute. other dogs are all jealous in their own different ways. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you bring a new dog into this household? We are the only dogs in this household
1: yeah
0: all right so welcome to another episode of <laughs> coffee chaos chatter i am sarah i have sabrina here i have sabrina oh, yeah look at her go with, with her almanac she's not an adult with my almanac <laughs> That's the silliest thing. Like, huh? <laughs> the pinnacle of adulthood. You guys thought you had it. Almanac. October is coming up soon. <sighs> I'm so excited. Yeah. My neighbors below started decorating for Halloween, so I guess it's okay. I'm I start... so jealous.
1: Don't let me. He says I have to wait till Friday. No,
0: just just slowly Saturday. Slowly start. No, Friday is the first.
1: Friday. Yeah, I had to wait till Friday after I get off work. Lane. Just
0: start, just like one little piece at a time. Just start sticking it outside. He'll never know. Just save your blow-ups for last. Yes, we have two yes. surprise topics. This two week.
1: surprise topics. Um, I put. I'm just gonna give you a forewarning, real quick. Oh, let me guess. My topic has more twists and turns than a crazy straw.
0: But did you read this two hours before, or is this a topic that you've already had stored?
1: I actually have been doing research on this topic, so it's not a surprise for all. I'm sorry to disappoint everybody.
0: (laughs) My mom's going to be so disappointed.
1: It's okay, Ma. Trust me. Give me another week. I'm sure we'll all be surprised by something. Some topic that I decide to do. I don't know. We'll see.
0: I don't, like, sometimes those turn out really, really well. Well, all of them so far have turned out really well, so. Yeah. So, um. What is what is what is the realm of yours? Mine, of course, is ghosties because that's where oh, I, I tend to go towards. Ghost.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm actually doing a murder mystery. Ew. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Am I supposed to start? You are, start you are. You are starting this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we all know that I have possibly a slight addiction to just a slight addiction to Discovery Plus. Fucking love it. Okay. Okay. It's like gotta need it. Um. So I had heard about this story. There was actually a documentary on Netflix too, and it's called The Staircase Murder. Have you heard of it? I have not.
0: (laughs) What? (sighs) Okay. I have not. So I'm so sorry. Our story takes place. I don't know when. Hold
1: on. <laughs> okay so this is about the murder of kathleen peterson okay. um and michael peterson uh her husband is the man accused of killing his wife okay. So I'm going to give a little background on Michael since I'm really going to kind of focus on him. Uh, And I am going to let you know that what the documentary is on Discovery+, Plus. it's like a mini-series. I think it's three episodes. Okay. And it's very detailed. So a lot of my information is coming from uh, Wikipedia in that documentary. Okay. So Michael Peterson was born in Nashville, Tennessee, he graduated from Duke University with a bachelor's degree in political science. He was an editor of the Chronicle, and, which is the daily student newspaper there from 1964 to 1965. Okay. He, after graduating, he took a civilian job with the U.S. Department of Defense, where he was assigned to research arguments supporting increased military involvement in Vietnam a year later, he married Patricia Sue, who taught at an elementary school at the airbase that he was stationed in, stationed at in West Germany. They had two kids, Clayton and Todd. In 1968, Peterson actually enlisted in the Marine Corps and served at Vietnam War. In 71, he received an honorable discharge with the rank captain after a car accident left him with a permanent disability. Years later, he tried, I think he was running for mayor, and he claimed he won the silver star, the bronze star with valor and two purple hearts, Jesus! but he did not actually win the two purple hearts. After they did a little research, they did find in his records, he did earn a silver and bronze star, but he did not earn the purple, purple hearts. Yeah. So Peterson and his first wife, Patricia, lived in Germany for some time. They had really good friends, as military families do. You know, they all come together and become friends. Um, But they befriended a couple named Elizabeth and George Ratcliffe and their two children, Margaret and Martha. George died, but it doesn't say how he died, but it brought those two families even closer and then Elizabeth died, Elizabeth Ratcliffe died in 1985. Michael actually became guardian of their two children.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so that's how close that they were, that they trusted this guy to take care of their two daughters. Yeah. Michael and Patricia actually got divorced in 1987. Their two boys stayed with Patricia and the two girls stayed with Michael. And so Michael, Martha, and Margaret, say that 10 times fast, uh, <laughs> moved to Durham, North Carolina. Uh, later on down the road, Clayton and Todd, his two sons, actually joined him. Okay, so he's yeah. a single dad with four kids. So Peterson actually is known before all of this. He, he's actually a published author. He he wrote three novels based around his experience during the Vietnamese conflict. Yeah. Uh so it was more of a it was more fictional than it was fact, but one of them actually became a New York Times bestseller. Wow. So he you know that's that's pretty pretty big deal. Yeah. So Kathleen, who is the victim here, She graduated from college. Just a little bit about her. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because a lot of it was based on the documentary and they speak really, really fast. So in general terms, uh, she graduated top of her class in college. She got married after college. She had a daughter. Caitlin was her daughter's name. Her husband cheated on her. She was like, fuck this. I'm out. Got divorced. Took the kid. Became a a CEO. In the notes on Wikipedia, they said business executive, but on the documentary, she's actually the either co CEO or vice president yeah. of Nortel. Oh, okay. She met and married Michael. They got married in 1997. And then they had the blended family. So now they have Caitlin, Margaret, the two boys, Martha, the two girls. Yeah. yeah, Todd, and
0: forgot
1: the other one. On December 9, 2001, Peterson actually called 911 to report he had just found Kathleen unconscious, con- conscious, mm-hmm, whatever. Yep, mm-hmm. That word. Pass the fuck Nailed out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. In their Foster Hills neighborhood home in Durham, North Carolina, and suspected that she had fallen down. 1520 his exact words were 1520 I don't know stairs so in the documentary you hear the the frantic 911 call and it genuinely sounds like somebody who is in a fucking panic like i can't think straight doesn't can't really understand what's happening yeah. you know can't register the questions that are being asked i mean really sounds freaked out he claimed he had been outside by the pool. Him and Kathleen were celebrating a possible, the possibility that one of his books was going to be turned into a movie. Kathleen went inside because she was cold, and he decided to stay outside, smoke a cigar, finish up his wine. So he was outside for about another 45 minutes, came in, and found Kathleen at the foot of the stairs. Blood was everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. Yeah. Oh, my God. Blood everywhere. Like, everywhere. Okay. Peterson said she must have fallen down the stairs after consuming alcohol and Valium, which she did take Valium on a regular basis. So, blood was everywhere. So, toxicology results showed that Kathleen Kathleen's blood alcohol content was 0.07%. Okay. She was not intoxicated no, at all. No. The autopsy report concluded that 48-year-old woman sustained a matrix of severe injuries including a fracture to the superior cornu of the left thyroid cartilage, several lacerations to the top and the back of the head consistent with blows from a blunt object, and died from blood loss 90 minutes to 2 hours after sustaining these injuries. Okay. So she had a lot of like scrapes on her face. Something was going on with her neck and the back of her head. They shaved her head and she had seven extremely deep, large lacerations on the very back of her head. And they were like forked. So it's like so three. Not something in the...
0: caused by stairs.
1: Yes. 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 Okay. Kathleen's daughter, Caitlin, and Kathleen's sister, Candace, both initially proclaimed Michael's innocence and publicly supported him alongside his children. But Candace, reconsidered after learning about Peterson's bisexuality, as did Caitlin after reading her mother's autopsy report, both subsequently broke off from the rest of the family. So essentially what happened in the documentary was that the detective brought in the sister and said, I'm going to show you these pictures because you do not want to hear what I'm trying to tell you. She saw the pictures, saw the lacerations, and just was completely devastated. I mean, she was there the day Kathleen died. She even tried to clean up some of the blood because her mom was coming over. But after that, she was like, I just... It was murdered. There's just no possible way to sustain those injuries from a fall.
0: Yeah.
1: Although forensic as expert, Lee Henry Lee, hired by Peterson's defense, testified that blood splatter evidence was consistent with an accidental fall down the stairs. Police investigators concluded that the injuries were consistent with such assault. Here is the kicker. The medical examiner, Deborah Radish concluded that Kathleen had died from lacerations of the scalp caused by homicidal assault. According to Radish, the total of seven lacerations to the top of the head to the top and the back of Kathleen's head were a result of repeated blows with a light, rigid weapon. The defense disputed this theory. According to their analysis, Kathleen's skull had not been fractured by the blows, nor was the brain damaged. So that would be inconsistent with somebody beating you in the back of the head. Yeah. That's hard. I'm telling you, man.
0: man this Switched is all over the place. Turn. What? <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? So the trial drew increasingly drew the media's attention as details of Peterson's private life emerged. Oh, no. Michael Peterson was gay but i mean he he was happily married but he they found quite a bit of gay porn and correspondence with what are they called escorts male escorts which is kind of how all of this got through was the night of i believe he was actually supposed to meet a male escort and do their thing yep so they were trying to figure out why would this guy kill Kathleen, because you have to have a motive. Well, Kathleen was actually the breadwinner. And because he was writing, he hadn't really gotten a lot of, you know, there right, wasn't a lot of support, money coming yeah. in on his side. Yeah. So Kathleen actually had a $1.5 million life insurance oh, policy. There's no. Here. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So, the defense argued that Kathleen actually accepted Michael's bisexuality and that the marriage was very happy. And this was supported by the children and other friends and associates of the family. So, nobody saw them, yeah. you know, be upset. Although people are really good at acting. This is true. So, yep.
0: You can always pull off some sort of false emotion. Oh, yeah. To make your life oh, sh- seem perfect. Yeah.
1: So, the prosecution said that Kathleen's murder was most likely committed with a custom made fire poker called a blowpoke. Have you heard of this? I didn't even know that there was such thing as a blowpoke.
0: I didn't
1: even so a blow poke is like this long, slender copper stick, if you will. Yeah. And you can actually stick one end into the fire and blow through it to get oxygen in yeah. to kind of help fan the flames. That's pretty cool. And then on the other side it's like a little there's like this little stick pointed edge with a little hook on it. So you could grab onto a log and roll it and move it around two and one type thing. So, but it's really light. It's really light. And Kathleen's sister said, I gave her one of these. And so the defense or the prosecution sent in detectives again. They searched the house twice, could not find this blow poke. So now they're thinking, okay, this guy hit her upside the head with a blow poke which wasn't heavy enough to actually crack the skull, and then threw it away. Well, much to their dismay, someone in the family actually found the blow poke in the garage, clearly had not been moved in years, which they forensically tested because it had dust, it had spider webs, clearly you did not move this in the last few months, you know. Yeah. Type thing. So, and plus there was no blood on it. No fingerprints. I mean, nothing. This thing literally, I think it was one of those Christmas gifts that just ended up in the garage. <laughs> yeah, never to be seen again. Never to be seen
0: again.
1: <laughs> so that got ruled out. So now they're still trying to figure out how this happened. Meanwhile, while all of this is going on, Elizabeth Ratcliffe, the friend of the Petersons who died in Germany in 85, whose daughters are now living with this man, was also found dead at the foot of her staircase with injuries to the head. Her death had been investigated by both German police and U.S. military police. An autopsy at the time of her death concluded Ratcliffe died from internal cerebral hemorrhage yep. secondary to a blood coagulation disorder known as von Willebrand's disease. Essentially, she had blood in her spinal fluid and reports that she had been having severe headaches all week, leading to her death. The coroner determined that the hemorrhage resulted in immediate death, followed by Ratcliffe falling down the stairs after collapsing. Okay. So, before they could actually resume or exhume the body, they had to get the permission from the daughters, Margaret and... Martha. I lost her. Martha, Martha, thank you Martha. from the two daughters and the two daughters initially said, no, you're not exhuming my mother. Like it was an accident. This was settled a long time ago. And then later came back and said, you know what? You can do this just so we can prove to you that our stepdad is innocent no, because this yeah. is, yeah. yeah. Well, comes to find out the second autopsy said that it was murder. Long story short. short short, they're saying that it was murder that somebody was running from her house and it was just a huge huge it didn't really go into a lot
0: of detail about it but it's just so like the same blunt trauma and stuff to the back of the head though well they did say that
1: she had scrapes i don't think that they were quite as extensive but i think that they were similar yeah okay but she did have brain swelling, and they think it's because of the disease yeah, yeah, yeah. that she had. So, in October 2002, acting as administrator of Kathleen's estate, Katlin, Caitlin filed a wrongful death claim against Peterson. In June 2006, he voluntary, voluntarily filed for bankruptcy. Two weeks later, Kat, Caitlin filed an objection to the bankruptcy on February 1st, 2007- Caitlin and Peterson settled the wrongful death claim for $25 million, Pending acceptance by the courts involved finalization of the settlement by the court was announced on February 1st, 2008. In the settlement, Peterson did not admit that he murdered Kathleen. Did not admit it. Okay. So, that's just a little, back, little side thing going on. while yeah. All this well. trial and
0: stuff <laughs> is happening. You know, because this guy doesn't have enough going on. Wait, so... Caitlin and Mike were in cahoots with this, or was she against? Caitlin him? is the sister or the daughter. Yeah, the daughter the of daughter. the the lady
1: mother. Yeah, Kathleen sued him for wrongful death. Okay, and won. Yes, okay, but he still did not admit that he He her. was yeah. guilty yeah. of killing. So okay, now here we go. The verdict. Okay, on October tenth. 2003. After one of the longest trials in North Carolina history, a Durham County jury found Peterson guilty of the murder of Kathleen, and he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Denial of parole means premeditation. Despite the jury accepting murder was a spur-of-the-moment crime, they also found it was premeditated as one juror explained it, premeditation premeditated meant not only planning hours or days ahead, but could also mean planning in seconds before committing a spur-of-the-moment crime. Peterson was housed at uh, Nash Correction Institute near Rocky Mountain until he was released on December 16, 2011. What? Remember that?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, life in, in prison without parole. Just kidding. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Get out of here. Yeah. You're good. You spent Here's
0: eight
1: years job. here. You're fine. Peterson actually appealed. Uh, his appeal was filed by his defense counselor, Thomas Mayer, now serving as his court-appointed attorney, and was argued before the North Carolina Court Appeals on April 18, 2006. On September 19th, the Court Appeals rejected Peterson's argument that he did not get a fair trial because of repeated judicial mistakes. The appeals ruling said that evidence was fairly admitted and the judge did find defects in the search warrant, but said they had no ill effect on the defense. Because the ruling was not unanimous under North Carolina law, Peterson had a right to appeal the North Carolina Supreme Court, which accepts the case. Oral argument was heard on September 10th and two, uh, 2007. On November 9th, the court announced that it affirmed the decision of the appeals. Absent a reconsideration of the ruling or the r- rising of federal issue, Patterson had exhausted his appeal of the verdict. <clears throat> on November 12th, 2008, Attorneys B. Burkhart Bailey and Johnson Anthony of Richmond, Virginia, who are now representing Peterson, filed a motion for a new trial in Durham County Court on three grounds. The prosecution withheld, withheld exculpatory evidence about the blowpoke, that, that the prosecution used the expert witness whose qualifications were disputed, and one juror based his judgment on racial factors. Now, the expert witness, and this is what how he actually got out of jail, the expert witness was the blood spatter expert that actually was caught lying in another case and, like, discredited. Yeah. So that's how, that was the main, according to the documentary, that was, like, the main reason he was able to get out. to get out. Guys, we're getting there. We got got another (laughs) twist coming. In late 2009, a new theory of Kathleen's death was raised, that she had been attacked by an owl outside, fallen after rushing inside, and been knocked unconscious after hitting her head on the first tread of the stairs. The owl theory, (laughs) when I said there was a lot of blood... They found one drop of blood outside the front door, blood in the kitchen, blood, most of it was in the stairs, okay? Yes. But this owl theory, I love this owl theory. Like, if this was really the case, I feel really bad for this guy, okay? Because,
0: Don't well, you think that would have so been, the owl theory like, a was... really important fact that would have been brought up the first fucking time? Like, even in the 911 call, like, well, I didn't see the
1: owl. He walked in, and Kathleen is laying on the foot of the stairs bleeding to death, bleeding out. Where do you... What the... Hold on. Okay. There's actual, there's actual merit to this theory, and this theory got laughed at by the prosecution and the defense, yeah. and the defense did not bring it up, which I think was dumb, because there's actual... They actually have evidence on this theory. So, the Owl Theory was raised by Durham's attorney, T. Lawrence Poland, a neighbor of the Petersons, who was not involved in the case but had been following the public details. He approached the police and suggested an owl might have been responsible after, heading, after reading the North Carolina State of Bureau Investigation evidence list and finding a feather listed, in Peterson's attorney had determined that the SBI crime lab report listed a microscopic owl feather wooden sliver from a tree limb entangled in a clump of hair that had been pulled out by the roots found clutched in Kathleen's left hand. So that means her hands had to be up on her head like she's, you know, microscopic owl feather. Okay. A re-examination of the hair in September of 2008 found two more microscopic owl feathers. According to Pollard, had a jury been presented with this evidence, it would have materially affected their deliberation and therefore would have materially affected the ultimate verdict. Prosecutors have ridiculed the claim, and Deborah Radish, who conducted Kathleen's autopsy, said it was unlikely that an owl or any other bird could have made the wounds as deep as her scalp. However... Radish's opinion was challenged by other experts in three different separate affidavits filed in 2010. Crazy.
0: He attacked this one. The spicy owl. I know it.
1: Well, and if you look at, okay, you know the owl's claws. The owl is always watching. This just, just, (laughs) I just love this. So, you know, the owls have like the three prongs and they've got really sharp claws. Yeah. Because that's how they kill and grab up their. So, if you were to do that to a scalp, you're not going to fracture the skull. You're not going to damage the brain. You're going to tear the shit out of the skin. And if she's, like, up here doing this, she's got scratches. I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. So, what eventually ends up happening is that they, instead of going through an entirely another jury doing all that stuff, what Michael Peterson ends up doing is taking what's called an Alford plea. So basically, it's a guilty plea entered because sufficient evidence exists to convict him otherwise, but the defendant asserts his innocence. So basically, you plead guilty, but you're still maintaining your innocence at the same time so that you don't have to do this. So the judge accepted the Alford plea sentenced him to a maximum of 86 months in prison with credit for time previously served. He was able to go. He did not face additional prison time. So now their house is for sale in North Carolina. So if anybody wants to go buy a beautiful house where a lady was brutally murdered or got killed by an owl, we don't know. Their house is for sale.
0: Is, there, is yeah. there a pet owl in this family? Because if the other lady died of the same type of... What the fuck?
1: I say that he has, like,
0: a little stuffed owl that he used to beat the shit out of her with. Pow!
1: Pow! <laughs> like actual claws? Yeah. Yeah, it's... I will, uh... I will share with you the, the video... Or the pictures. They actually show you the pictures of the back of her scalp. And, and the blood all over the
0: place. It is a, uh... Quite a scene. I don't know. I feel like there's something skeptical there. I'm skeptical.
1: It's uh, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Clearly, it's a murder mystery. Nope. I'm telling you. Look at that crazy. Ah, it's crazy. I huh. was really tickled. That's really strange. So, that's the story of Michael Peterson. Yeah.
0: Published author. Published author. Loves Possibly all the people. Possibly a murderer. Possibly a murderer. Has five children. Apparently
1: a great dad. Not clearly. I mean,
0: all aside. <laughs> Apparently he's a great, great dad. You know. All of the kids were willing to go to bat for him, so. Yeah. I gotta tell you something. That's very strange. Huh. Yep. But don't you think you would have heard
1: her screaming or something? Well, the way that their house was, she was towards the front of the house and their pool was actually in the back down like a little staircase so he was a good ways away from where she was attacked or tripped or
0: whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah interesting okay oh that, that is very interesting and I'm so skeptical I, yes. s- I say he beat oh, her yeah. to death with the fucking owl statue
1: an owl statue? but they didn't find an owl statue well
0: it's stuffed owl I mean
1: anything's possible hold please why can't I get my shit together today? Uh, I'm like at the pinnacle of adulthood and I can't get my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you've reached the <laughs> pinnacle.
0: Did that work? Yes. Welcome back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Alright, well, um, my, uh, my story is, it actually does have murder in it, and it has ghost, oh. ghosties in it, like tragic ghosties. Oh. And, um, and it all surrounds a country that didn't have good Fire regulation and implementation. California? No, country. Country. Oh, sorry. My bad. Not a state. Country. So, as always, I found this story scrolling through my Facebook news feed. <laughs> Love it. Love it. But I don't know how it came up. I don't remember why it was in the news feed, but it, it did come up. Um, and it is known as. The most devastating multi-story building fire in Brazil's history. Oh. Multi-story. Yes, multi-story. Uh, 25 stories six, to be exact. Four, what? 25? 25 Holy stories. Holy crap. Look. Yes. All right. All right. So I will be talking about the Jolma building in Brazil that burst into flames on the February 1st in 1974 and this is only three years after its completion
1: three years after it was built yep
0: wow and it's because they didn't have they had no fire alarms in the building they had no emergency exits installed in the building they had one stairwell four elevators if I remember right and there were no sprinklers installed so there was like no fire anything not only that but the people occupying the building never put in, like, a fire escape plan. What? So, but we're going to backtrack a little bit, and we're going to just say that the people of Brazil, the people that live in this area, believe that the land itself is cursed, and that is why it, you know, is uninhabitable or unconstructable. though the building still stands because they rebuilt it, refurbished it. They rebuilt the building that burned down? Yes. On Cursed Land. On Cursed Land. Why would you do that? Because some people are skeptics. Alright, so, the story actually starts in the 1940s with Paulo Camargo, who was a young chemistry professor. Um, He lived with his mother and two sisters on the land. So they had their own little little house with a little bit of land. Cool, cool stuff. Uh, He was often seen going to the hospital, like the local hospital, with his family members because his mother was diagnosed with cancer. His middle sister had epilepsy, and his younger sister had been diagnosed with schizophrenia. Wow. So. That's fun family. Yeah. I want to know them. Right? <laughs> so, not only was he working at the hospital as, like, a chemist, um, he also met the love of his life at the hospital where he worked. Uh, what was wrong with her? Come on, hit us with it. What'd she have? <laughs> no, he, she was actually fine. Um, so, her name is Islatina. She was a nurse at the hospital where he worked. And, of course you know, they spawned a life and started seeing each other and talking to each other all the time. Though her mother approved of Paulo, Paulo's mother did not agree with the relationship due to her previous relationship. So, super sin in Brazil is having sex before marriage or getting a divorce. So that is what in this case had happened. She fell, she fell in love with somebody else, lost their virginity, and then got a divorce. So, Paulo's, so she was, like, the black sheep yes, of... Yes. Got it. Okay. So, Paulo's family, like, his mother was super fucking pissed off about this and found so many ways to make his life difficult, kept him from seeing her, kept him from speaking to her, like, got the daughters involved, so his sisters were also <sighs> trying to keep them separated. And
1: Don't piss off a crazy family. I'm just saying... Right. Just don't piss off a crazy family. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, so, of course, time went on. The harassment kept coming from his family. Apollo finally confessed to um, Isoltina's family that, you know, his family was trying to keep them apart. And then s- slowly but surely depression set in and he fucking just turned. He oh. went from a very happy chemist at a hospital to, like, this dude that, probably look like he was contemplating murder
1: <laughs> you don't piss off a chemist just saying
0: you don't piss off chemists they've got chemicals they know how to Okay, do so shit. That, this is the the funny thing um he didn't use his chemistry to dispose of his family members he actually came up to a work colleague and asked about a gun And he told this colleague that he was doing experiments to see how the sound of a gun, like the reverberations in certain building settings would sound. So he got a hold of this gun, right? And he brings his friend along and he tells his friend, you know, stand behind the store and tell me what it sounds like when I shoot this gun. And so he wrote it down, like detailed it out, like a scientific fucking research project yep and found out that like certain well there was mom (laughs) there goes you know sister a
1: and this one was sister b did you hear the scream? oh my god
0: so after you know this thing he thanked his friend thing you know his coworker, whatever colleague and said thank you you know this this really helps out a lot and he went home shortly after that experiment he built a well on his property for no reason. No rhyme. No reason. Just, I need uh, a well reason, here. Reason. Yes. I need a well here. And it was in the backyard of his property. Um, of course, the neighbors were like, what the F, bro? You're like You're on city water, pretty sure. Like, what do you need a well for? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, shortly following the completion of the well, Paula went through the premeditated murders of both his mother and his sisters. He shot all three of them in cold blood. They're pretty gruesome how he killed them. I want to say he shot the youngest sister in the chest 3 times. He shot Oh jeez. He shot his mother in the head, like the back of the head and somewhere else. And then I can't remember how he killed the the other sister, but he did it. He then wrapped their bodies in black shrouds and covered their heads with hoods and threw them in the well. Wow. After this, he sealed the well shut and that you know, the story goes on. So, of course, now friends, families, doctors, nurses, everybody and their mothers are asking, like, where did your family go? And he's like, oh, they wanted to get out of the city and they went to visit a farm, you know, just get out, get some fresh air, deal with their medical problems on a more natural type, you know, whatever adventure. And he Okay, I can buy that. And he even went to the extremes of asking his friends if he could borrow suitcases so he could go pick his family up from the farm. After three days of being away from the city to pick up his family, he wrote letters to friends and families and neighbors, stating that his mother and two sisters had been in a tragic accident, and their car fell off a cliff, and they all three died. But, oh god! unfortunately, Paulo couldn't keep his story straight, and his (gasps) half-brother, Carlos, kept asking him, like, how did the story go? How did they die? How, you know, what accident, what kind of accident were they in? Like... How long had they been here? And he couldn't like every time he told it, the story changed. So Paulo informed the police oh, God. Oh. about nineteen. You gotta keep
1: that shit together.
0: Yeah, you need to like write that down and fucking memorize it. <laughs>
1: Get your buddy to write it
0: down. He can the gunshots for you. He can do your story. Memorize that story, bro. Memorize exact numbers. Approximately nineteen days after the murders, the police came to search Paulo's home, and he mocked them. Like you're, well, I don't know what you're wasting your time on. Why are you even looking here? Clearly, they died in an accident, and then that's when they found the well. So the police, of course, then proceeded to start unsealing the well. And as they did, Carlos, not Carlos, uh, Paulo went into the bathroom at his house, locked himself in, and shot himself in the chest and killed himself. What? So outside of just piecing together uh, his relationship with the nurse, how the family felt, Just probably, like, stories that his mother would tell family members and vice versa. They only know that he killed them because of their, you know, unagreeing with the relationship. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so this is the start of what makes the locals and people believe that this like, this land is now cursed. Yeah. Oh, just a fun, fun little fact that I found before we started recording is one of the examiners that pulled the bodies out of the well wasn't wearing protective gear and died shortly after recovering the bodies to, a like, insane infection. So that led more into the curse, like, this land is now cursed. All right. In 1972, about 30 years after these murders, and shortly after the building's completion, an investment bank was renting the building. Every room from the 11th floor to the 25th floor was packed full of workers, the 10th floor and below was, like, used for storage and parking. Um, the Jolma building, of course, was filled with wooden furniture, carpeted floors, fabric curtains, synthetic fiber linings, like anything that's flammable and can catch fire within super easily. Beds. Yes, was in okay. the building. Like yeah. I mentioned before, the building had no fire alarms, no sprinklers, no emergency exits, no fucking, like, nothing. No fire plan, no escape routes. Like, it's a fin for yourself if this fucking thing catches fire. At 8.50 a.m. on the 1st of February, an air conditioning, like a faulty wire, sparked and started a small fire on the 12th floor. Within minutes, the fire had spread and the almost 800 people inside realized the danger they were in. Oh, okay.
1: It only took minutes after it spread. So, and...
0: there were people on the 11th floor, no people on the 12th and 13th floor, and then people on the 14th and above.
1: Oh, geez. So, everybody on the 14th and above are dead. They're fucked. Because they can't get downstairs. Well, now.
0: Yeah, so everybody on the 11th floor, of course, was able to get out. Yeah. The building next to the Jolma building is the one, they're the ones that actually called the fire department. But due to traffic and the way the roads were constructed, it took over 20 minutes for the fire department to arrive.
1: Wow.
0: Within, you know, the start of the fire, the flames had already reached three or four different, like, floors before they even yeah. arrived. The fire trucks were not equipped to reach the top of the building. Oh. They could only reach the 14th what? floor. So their their little ladder thing could only go up to the 14th floor. Wow. Most of the people on the 14th floor and above thought that the roof would be their best bet. Like the fires wouldn't reach that high. But of course they started to get um, smoke inhalation and overheating and dehydration just from the heat and the smoke. A lot of people also on the floors that they were stuck on were out on the balconies of this building attempting to get away from the flame and the smoke. Some people managed to climb down floor by floor until they could reach the fire department's ladder. Some people decided that jumping was the better option. A lot of the people that jumped were hoping that they could catch the ladder on their way down. Of the 40 people that jumped, none of them survived. And it stated that somewhere between 179 to 189 people died. Wow. The reason that there's a little bit of an unknown is because they found ash that was, like, tested as human remains. Ooh. But, like, not full people. Yeah. So here's th- the saddest part of this whole fucking story. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> a no. A group of 13 workers decided that their only option for survival was to ride an elevator down. Since the Uh, elevators were still working and they were already suffering from smoke inhalation, they were already dehydrated. They were just like, you know what? This is better than jumping. We can't make it to the roof because the fire like the ladder well is nothing but fire and flame. So they huddled into the elevator. They started smashing buttons to get below the fire level, so like tenth, ninth, whatever floor. And the elevator started to move.
1: Oh, False hope.
0: It's yes, false hope, indeed. So instead of elevators plunging to their deaths like they normally do in Hollywood when an elevator catches mm-hmm. fire, no, instead it's likely that the cabling melted and the, helleva- the, the elevator, the elevator, the elevator was just left hanging in the shaft. Oh no! So the box started, of course, to fill with smoke, like rapidly fill with more smoke, mm-hmm. and the flames were already coming up the <sighs> elevator shaft they cooked they did when the firemen were finally able to put the fire in the building out and they entered to search for bodies and survivors all 13 were found the ones on the outside huddling in were fused to the elevator box like the metal walls of the box oh no and all of the bodies were fused together <laughs> so it that is so sad it was so bad when they were trying to move them out that they weren't sure like whose arm belonged to who like they weren't sure who was who so you know they tried to separate them as much as possible and now all of the all 13 bodies are buried side by side in the sao pedro cemetery and there's actually a picture of them like placed side by side in the cemetery it's very sad actually that's so sad (laughs) all right here comes the ghosty part and I'm really sad because oh. I couldn't find any, like, you know, I get really enthralled in ghost adventures or ghost centers or amateur ghost videos. Like, there's none of yeah. that. So it's really sad. For this. Yeah, there's no, no videos. Okay. In 1990, visitors noted something eerie about the cemetery. Most claimed to hear screaming, moaning, and cries for help when visiting the cemetery. The grave of the 13 seemed to be the epicenter of the activity. And most of the screaming and the cries came from that area, oh, even no. though other bodies were buried there from the building. This seemed yeah, to but be they're still in their death state. Yeah, they're Ugh. they're stuck in their little ghosty loop of burning to death. I'm sure burning to death. Oh my god, no! But somebody go set them free. The caretaker, Louise Nunez, was being driven insane. Like he couldn't get people to. Come and pay respects. Anytime he was taking care of the grave themselves, like, he would hear this, I'm sure, blood curling screaming. Oh, yeah. And, like, these terrible, like, I can imagine. Anyway. In an attempt <sighs> to stop the screaming and the crying, he started to pour water over the burial sites. <gasps> After a couple of days, the screaming subsided. And now visitors, when they visit, will leave glasses of water on the graves to ensure the spirits are pleased and calm. Oh, oh, just, they're, oh, they they're just thirsty. They <laughs> they're just thirsty. They're just a water. So, yeah. No, don't do that. But, like, just imagine hearing that and then you're just like, fuck, I'm going crazy, water. And then, no, it's no more. Like, just, I mean, that's logical, though. You're putting out the fire. You're giving them water. Yeah. But how crazy is that? Maybe that helped them. Maybe it helped them move on. Um, so as I mentioned before, the building still stands. Of course they went in, re you know, cleaned it out, rebuilt the parts that were damaged. But in two thousand four, visitors and workers on the site of the property started to experience strange happenings. Part of it too was a lot of people refuse to go and work in this building or even visit this building because they know like they're gonna either experience something fucking weird or it'll catch fire and they're gonna die
1: (laughs) Um, You don't have how many stairwells do you have nope not enough i will work on the first floor thank you
0: but most people (laughs) yeah most people claim that uh when they go down to the parking garage to get in their car they'll see multiple cars lights flashing uncontrollably like just flashing and uh, a lot of times workers that are walking through the building on certain floors will hear whispers and cries of pain as if they're like the spirit is standing behind them. Oh, no. So could you imagine? Or like if you're in an elevator. Oh, I couldn't imagine riding the elevator. Fuck I that. would not get. <laughs> oh, God. Nope. Could you imagine like being in the elevator and then all of a sudden it just stopped moving? Nope. Nope. That's a, that's a. This I is have a, that. Like, I'm not. I often have really bad dreams, like really vividly bad dreams. And every once in a while, I will be in an elevator yes. that cannot be controlled; like it just goes out of, like it goes chaotic. A nightmare? Yes, but I had a dream after. So when we go to Vegas, sometimes, like most times, we'll stay at the Cosmopolitan. Okay. They have one of those fast elevators. Yeah. Like elevators that shouldn't move that fast. Yes. Yes, because. Like- if it's what moving it, that like, fast like, up the floor, yes. and then you hop up you know <laughs> yeah. or like you feel that sinking in your stomach i'm like this is a roller coaster ride what am i doing on this fucking thing anyway so i'll have dreams about that but like the elevator doesn't stop going up uh, it just keeps going it just keeps going up and of you course keep, i wake keep, up. Keep up huh oh
1: I was about to say, if you see Jesus when he gets to the top, be like, what's up, man? Can I go back? Can you send <laughs> Can you go me back, back
0: down at a normal pace? I just said?
1: I need to get to earth and no lower. Just earth, no lower. Not fast. <laughs> I love you. Like, you rock. Kudos on the birds.
0: Can I go back to earth? But yes, <laughs> so it is a rational fear. They are death traps, I honestly believe, because you never oh, just... know what could go fucking wrong. Not only that, but like, you have to think of the the cabling in that elevator. Oh, yeah. If one snaps, like who's say it's not going to go through the what? fucking elevator? There's still yeah. cables. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You're welcome. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Finish stairs. this. Story. My fat ass is taking the stairs <laughs> everywhere now. Thank you. <laughs> stairs forever. Um. All right, to wrap this very sad, ghosty story up. Um, in the early 2000s, the city tried renaming the building to, you know, trying to get people to come back into it because there's now a stigma on Jolma. And they also had a Bo- a Buddhist monk come in to purify the building. The monk deemed it safe, but she told people that worked there and people that, you know, ran the building that she- there was no way she was getting rid of the spirits that remained. I also found a little part that that prior to the chemists living there, it used to be a place where like almost like a jail where slaves and criminals were held and then publicly murdered oh as like a show of punishment and that was in the same area that the chemist had his house built and then this building was built on. This was back in the late 1880s okay so they're thinking that, the prisoners and the slaves that were there and tortured and murdered are the ones that actually put the curse on the land and then from there it's just blown up into a building that nobody wants to fucking work at right. I think after
1: the Buddhists came in though and told me that the building was safe like I'm gonna believe that yeah especially I'm the... gonna believe that you're like okay like and I gotta deal with ghosties I gotta work with you know ghosty Fred over here alright come on Fred let's go what, what kind of work can you do? What can you take off the plate <laughs> to make this work day go a little swinging? Like, I, I would be cool with that. As long as
0: I knew that the building was safe and I was okay. Well, it definitely changed a lot of the fire codes. Oh, for sure. And I'm pretty oh. sure a few countries, including the U.S., came in to help them, like, structure their buildings more soundly and safely. Um,
1: yeah, i all have fire escapes now.
0: But... I couldn't imagine. Not only that, but like even though the building is deemed safe and the ghosts aren't going anywhere, but you know, they're not murderous ghosts, I guess. But could you imagine just sitting there, like fucking in the zone, typing away, and then all of a sudden you just hear this scream? I'd fucking pee my pants. Spotify (laughs) earphones.
1: The first time that happens, I would probably. (laughs) Excellent timing. Thank you. (laughs) Your eyes get so big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least you didn't scream. You to scream <laughs> I'm pretty sure you would have wet
0: yourself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my well, I'm God. awake. I'll be able to finish my homework tonight. I'm
1: crying <laughs> right now. Okay. For those of you that didn't get there, season came in and scared the shit out of (laughs) that was great. Note to self. Do podcast when (laughs) husband (laughs) is They're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But could you imagine? You said, Can you imagine hearing <laughs> one scream? And I said,
0: collect myself and it's not working uh-huh. we just gotta end this uh-huh. you know we're gonna have to put in our mission oh god all right well now the, the story is ruined now i just want to throw that out there no <laughs>
1: the story is not well, it was at over. all ruined. the story was over right. that is the
0: Ooh.
1: perfect ending to a ghosty story <laughs> sarah gets scared shitless well this was fun
0: yeah it was a good episode
1: this was fun. We had a murder mystery and ghosties and Sarah's husband scaring the shit out of her.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, this, this had everything.
0: And the owl's always watching. And the owl <laughs> is always watching. Like, that
1: was my favorite part of this. No, it wasn't. It, Sarah getting scared shitless was my favorite part of all of this. Yes. You can find us on everything. <laughs> For
0: real. Like, <laughs> at this point, I think you guys got it. it.
1: Hey, it was terrifying. Uh, You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, We have a Discord. The Discord link is on our Facebook and on our website. Uh, Our website is www.coffeecafchatter.com. We would really like some listener stories. So if you have a story that you want to share with us, it can be funny, it can be silly, it can be ghosty related, it could be you were a witness to a murder. If you are a murderer, tell us how you did it.
0: Use an alias.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Be
0: smart about it, you I
1: don't know? Have... <laughs> I, I can't be responsible if you get caught, okay? Yeah. But, and just a reminder, friends don't stab friends, but if you have a friend that stabs a friend story, we want to hear it. Email us your stories at uh, coffeechaoschatter at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Join our Discord, man. We're active on there. We talk. We share dinner pictures if you want to see what we're having. Um, I'm going to be sharing. We can start taking snippets of our gaming stuff. I'm going to put my Halloween house on ESO on Discord. I'll probably share it on Facebook, too. Yeah. You Instagram if you want to as well.
0: Okay. Yeah, just send it to me. I'll Uh, upload it.
1: So everybody can see my my ESO Halloween house.
0: Patreon. Show us some love. Love on Patreon. We need Uh, to be more active, but we do have a Patreon. Yeah. We do have
1: a Patreon. The more people we get, the more active we can be. We got cool coasters, which are actually really badass. I found mine. They're really cool. She uses
0: hers. They're beautiful.
1: Mine's at work. This one I just have so I can show people. Stickers. We got really cool stickers. So show us some love on, on Patreon. That's all on our website. All you have to do is click on the picture. I made it very easy. If you want to see our links and see our pictures go to our website. That's where we cite everything. It's just kind of easier to keep it all together. Plus I leave some fun little comments under some of the pictures sometimes. Like the difference between Charles Manson and Marilyn Manson.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And Sabrina's Um, home planet is also in those links. Yep,
1: it's at the very, very end of that page of uh, episode goods link. So uh, yeah,
0: Yeah. hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you guys also enjoyed our five minute laughing session. After I was scared shitless. It
1: was so therapeutic. I needed that.
0: (laughs) Great. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Until next week. Until next week. Bye.